Welcome to the District Creatives Radio Show, a place where DC creatives meet to discuss arts, entertainment, and the creative economy. Listen as DC creatives share the work and content they provide in this city, discuss the joys and pains of pursuing their passion, resources for district creatives, and balancing their passion projects with their paycheck. Now, here's your host, district creative, Savvy Sharice. Welcome to the District Creators Radio Show. I'm your host, Savvy Sharice, and today's guest is a very special, beautiful, can I describe you as floral? Absolutely. I was going to say, and a floral woman, <laughs> and she is Alexis Hagens, and she is the founder. So I don't want to say founder. Yeah, how do we... We're going to tell the story. Owner. The current <laughs> owner. She is the current owner of Flowers by Alexis, which is a beautiful story we're going to get into of legacy, uh, entrepreneurship, and wealth building. So mm-hmm. welcome to the District Creators Radio Show. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you, especially fresh off of spending the day yes. at your <laughs> shop, which is a beautiful shop located at 851 Upshur Street in Northwest. And it is a flower shop. So tell us the story of how Flowers by Alexis came to be. So Flowers by Alexis came to be um, it started with my it started with my father. Um, my father started off as a delivery driver for a florist that was in Upper Northwest off of Georgia Avenue in D.C. And he just liked the business so much that he actually started working on the inside okay. of the florist. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the owner, the original owner of Colony Floors was ready to retire. And his siblings or his other family members were really prominent into the real estate in Washington, D.C. Mm-hmm. And so no one really wanted to like put their hands in it or like deal with trying to keep it, you know, alive Mm -hmm. or keep it going. So they decided to sell the business and they couldn't find, really find anyone to sell the floors to. Mm -hmm. And they offered to sell it to my father. And at the time, my father just didn't have the money to purchase this business from them. And they eventually gave that business to my father. So he pretty much inherited that business. And he kept that florist for like a a long time. Wow. That's bomb that they gave him a mm-hmm. business. Exactly. Like, like literally gave him that business. And I'm sure he was like a huge asset. You know, he built a reputation for himself that mm-hmm. he was worthy of that type of a blessing. That's a huge gift. I feel like as well, if they didn't see the potential mm-hmm. in, you know, him keeping being a businessman or actually just being creative like he was mm-hmm. with the flowers, that they probably wouldn't have, you know, offered to sell that to him as well. What era? What time frame was this? Oh, my gosh. I know. So my dad was born in 1924. Okay. So it had to be like talking to my mom and some of his friends that are still living. Mm-hmm. It had to have been in like the 50s or so okay. or the 60s or something like that. I know my mom had mentioned at some point that the riots during MLK like happened mm-hmm. around that time period mm-hmm. and stuff. So it had to have been like in the 60s. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm like getting a visual of the whole <laughs> thing, especially because we talked about how much you're on Upshur Street, like, you know, I wasn't born in the 30s, right? But I could look back 20 years ago and see Upshur Street. It's like, it looks different. The, mm-hmm. It feels different. So just thinking about that era and what it looked like and what was going on, you know, for him 
as a black man in D.C. during that time. It's very interesting to think about it, but to visualize, visualize what it looked like. That. And so he hadn't moved to Upshur Street at that time. Mm-hmm. He was still on George Avenue. So when he inherited that business, he kept that location for about 20, 30 more years oh, after wow. that. Mm-hmm. And then when I turned, was born. So I was born at the original location. I remember playing there as a little girl. And then when I turned nine, that's when we moved over to Upshur Street. Okay. And we were there up until I was 21. Okay. Yeah. So, but to go back, what you're saying is Upshur Street was totally different. Mm-hmm. It was different. We didn't have like as many restaurants or the diversity there. Yes. The beer and wine was always there. The so beer and wine was always there. <laughs> always there. <laughs> so I do remember, like, I, every day um, he would pay me, of course, mm-hmm. um, and I would walk across the street and go get my favorite trips, um, chips and drink, or mm-hmm. if he needed something from the store, I could walk across the street. So that is one of the businesses that is still there. Okay. China America, mm-hmm. um, which all my uptown people know, which was a Chinese carryout, was still there. It was on on my side of the street. Okay. So that's no longer there, but there is a Chinese carryout across the mm-hmm. street. So it basically just moved across the street. So how so. did you come into ownership? What wow. was that process like? like? So I always had it in my heart to be a business owner. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that I wanted to work for myself. I loved the freedom. Like my dad always used to be like, work for yourself, you know, so you don't have to answer to nobody. When you go to work when you want to, even mm-hmm. though that's now, I still got to go to work when I don't want to. Right. right? But at some point... <laughs> answer the customers. <laughs> answer the customers. But I guess it's not going through the hassle of yes. when you want to take off, you can take off. Right. And he really just kind of kept putting that, instilling that in me. Mm-hmm. And so I just didn't know when or where. And like I at my grand opening, I had shared with, you know, the individuals who came out was that it was really a scary thing for me. Mm-hmm. It felt like getting a brick and mortar was really challenging or really hard to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that was something that kind of pushed my time and back some more because I didn't step into that. Fe- you know, I right. had the fear and I didn't step into it. Right. So I made a decision that I was going to go ahead and open it when I realized I had the craft to make centerpieces and put flowers together. Mm-hmm. I never knew that I knew how to do that. Right. But even growing up, like, what were some of the, the tasks and responsibilities? I know we were talking about it before. You said you would, like, clean off the stems of, of the, the roses. roses and things mm-hmm. of like like that. So I wonder why why it was that you like kind of sat under your father's tutelage of being a florist and still felt that you didn't have the skills. The skills. I feel like because he never took me and said, okay, this is how you take a, a vase mm-hmm. or, you know, uh, um, and or build a centerpiece. This right. is how you wrap up really pretty and make bouquets. This is how you make funeral arrangements. Like, he never sat me down or I don't even remember practicing doing that. Uh-huh. I just remember him saying, make me a ribbon. Come on, girl. Here goes some roses. <laughs> Here goes <a> ribbon. <laughs> Here goes some roses. You know, clean these because we got a holiday coming. Uh-huh. Um, or help the customers. And also, my dad was known because every year he had five fireworks stand. Okay. And so I remember, you know, with the fireworks stand on the 4th of July, people last minute, they they coming, they coming. And I just remember, he's you like... You do your big boom on the 4th. On the 4th. Go ahead. <laughs> go out there. You know, that's how he was. Go out there, you got customers. And you see how I did Willa. Like, go, go out there and help the customer. Mm-hmm. And they would 
Um, I would help them pick what they wanted, whether it was the flowers or the fireworks. And I would bring them, you know, to my dad so they can pay. Or like I told you, that's how I learned how to count and mm-hmm. count my money because he was like, well, he gave you this much. How much do you give him back? Mm-hmm. You know, right. I'm trying to pull out a cal- put that calculator away. So that's so. interesting because you were basically exposed to all parts of the business, but... From what you're saying, it's like you develop skills by like not. I think our generation, we're kind of like used to having like a class or like sit down. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, especially I feel like you describe this is kind of your personality type. It's like, okay, step A, step B, C, D, E. But in entrepreneurship, it's so many things that you learn just by observation. Yes. So it's interesting hearing you say that and then seeing because your floor arrangements are beautiful, you know, so you wouldn't be able to tell you didn't like he didn't sit you down, but you still have the skills. Yes. Which is beautiful. Yes. I feel like that's something that he pretty much passed down to me. Mm -hmm. And I always like question, you know, my mom or just kind of figure out how things played out or why they played out the way they did. Like, did he know what he was doing? You know what I'm saying? Like, did he... I'm going to have her out there with the customers. Like me, I'm intentional. What would I do with Willow? Mm-hmm. Right? I know why I'm, I have her with me every every day. I know why I have her working at the floors and helping the customers. Mm-hmm. Right? But did my father know that? Or was it just because we didn't have camp for her to go? So right. she was going to be with me all day. Right. right? It's a convenience for her being with me. Right. And while she with me, she just going to help me. Yeah. So I always ask that question like, what was his intentions? Mm-hmm. Did he know this is what he wanted for me or it just happened that way? So was there a period where the store was operational? You went through a name change? Like, what was your onboarding? Like, you taking over? over. What did that look, look like? like? You know, I just got a visual of Lion King. Remember when the father took Simba <laughs> up to the hill? He was like, son, look up. <laughs> like, yes, what was I'll your... <laughs> What was it like when you were, okay, now I'm taking ownership. ownership. So I did attempt at the beginning before my father passed away to take over ownership. So we put the license in my name. Like Mm -hmm. we turned all the paperwork over. That was something that I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I went down to DCRA, which that's what it was called at the time. Mm -hmm. And I changed everything over because I really, I feel like I didn't because he was sick. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to see that business just fall. It's a family business. And this is what we're used to. Mm -hmm. Right. And if I have the tools to do it and I have the entrepreneurship mind to do it, why not? Mm -hmm. Um, Because I always remember I'm always was trying to sell something. I would make for my camp that I worked at, I would make ceramic pieces. Okay, And they were beautiful, Mm -hmm. but I didn't want them all in my room. I'm going to sell these and make my money. Like I always had that entrepreneurship mindset. Mm -hmm. So when my father got sick, you know, I just was like, okay, I can do this. But. It takes um, research. You know, I tell everyone, before you jump out there, do your research. Mm -hmm. Find the resources that are out there. Make those connections, you know, because I'm still, even though I feel like my business is going in the right direction, I'm still learning a lot, right? So I remember the last Valentine's Day before my father passed away, I was like, 
I, I got this. I'm going to do it. I had changed everything over my name. All I need you to do is stay home and make the centerpieces. I'll take them to the floors. I'll sit by myself and sell them. Mm-hmm. I'll buy the flowers with my paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what I did. And he sat at home. He made everything. And I transported everything to the shop. And I sat there by myself to like 10 o'clock at night and sold everything by myself. Oh, wow. And that's when I was like, I can, you know what I'm I saying? I got it. Mm-hmm. But again, it didn't work out. My family, you know, I was the only one in my my family who really wanted to keep, keep the, the floors. Um, and I just, and I was 21. So I had one foot in the door as an entrepreneur and then the other foot in the club when I hang out. And, uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? So I wasn't that's a super, huge undertaking at 21. At 21, yeah. yeah. And a business that has been in business for so many years, right? right? So it just wasn't my timing. And then this now is the most perfect timing, mm-hmm. right? Um, because I'm super focused. Mm-hmm. I've done my research. I'm doing still researching. I've made the connections. I feel like, you know, there's a purpose in it. Because what's the odds of me opening back up on Upshift Street? The right. same street that I grew up on on the floors. I could have opened anywhere, right? Right. Um, and I just remember I took it took one post for me to post my keys to mm-hmm. the to the the storefront and my father's story and it just went viral. Wow. So and I was like, I'm just push. I'm just going to keep pushing through because mm-hmm. it's meant to be. So It is meant to be. So we were talking. This was the part that I was so <laughs> excited to get into because everyone knows one of my favorite things to talk about on the show is mental health and self-care. Yes. And we were talking about how useful flowers are for so many things. When you think about grief and loss, mm-hmm. when you think about expressing love, when you think about even just giving love to yourself or how you feel, like if you're in a garden or a beautiful space with the color. So for you and your own mental health as an entrepreneur, how has your constant exposure to flowers and florals impacted your mental health? It's been wonderful. Mm-hmm. So two sides to that. Before even becoming, because I'm a realtor as well. So before even all of that, I worked in the community as a um, community service worker for mental health patients for okay. D.C. residents okay. um, through the age of starting from 18 through 29. Mm-hmm. And what our goal was to help these young individuals to get the mental help that they need mm-hmm. and take them out of their environment and put them in a safe space and try to get them to a point where as though it doesn't get so bad they may need medicine or they need to see a psychiatrist, right? right? Mm-hmm. Let's see what it is that where we can help you and meet you. So mental health is a soft spot for me, right? And so I feel like I'm such at peace when I'm making arrangements. When I come in the floors, it's just a peaceful place. Mm-hmm. And even though I work most of the week to get away, like mommy time, I'll go back to the floors. Mm-hmm. I'll play my music and I'll just, you know, put flowers together or just being in that space. Mm-hmm. It's just so very therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And that was what motivated me to decide to make, like, or to put together a floral making class. It hasn't happened yet. Mm -hmm. I'm a perfectionist, so I just have to find the right, you know, space and materials to make it to where I want it to be. Mm -hmm. But it will help individuals who are grieving, right? Because flowers change an environment. You can... 
bring a vase of flowers and have it sitting in here. And mm-hmm. when you walk in, you just like, oh my gosh. You know what I'm saying? So fl- the flowers will help someone with grieving. It will help someone with anxiety. It helps someone with, de- you know what I'm saying, with depressions. I just feel like all of those things, florals just change for the better. Yes. You can be having a bad day and you come into the floor, so you buy flowers and it changes everything. Right. So it's so perfect for a person that has mental health. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I even remember like times when my son was younger, you know, four or five and he would like pick up a dandelion and like, mommy, I got you a flower. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't really want this weed, but you know, <laughs> it's just it the, the, sentiment, the sentiment. Like you saw this beautiful plant, this flower, and you, and you thought, thought about me. me. Yeah. Exactly. So. Exactly. Even the aroma, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I just feel like and, and it goes back to asking questions like, is this why my father loved flowers so much? Is this is why he spent a lot of time in his floors? Mm-hmm. Because it can be a very therapeutic thing. Definitely. It's his getaway or it's definitely my getaway. Definitely. So you also have plans. Yes. <laughs> so let's talk about the plans, right? Because, you know, I I love giving away flowers. I love buying flowers. I shared with you like my self-care Sunday ritual is to buy myself flowers on yes. Sunday. Mm-hmm. But... The flowers do die, right? And so that's why I keep going back on Sundays. Whereas plants, you know, they have a little more longevity. So I try to gift plants. I've been into gifting plants now, Mm -hmm. especially for grief and loss, because I don't want to give you flowers in the morning. And then they die, right? So I try to give plants because it's like you get new life, you get to water it, you Mm -hmm. get to see it prosper, y'all go through things together Mm because plants are very temperamental. Yeah, they can feel. My dad always used to say, you can always tell when something is going on with a person because if they have plants in their house and you come over and visit them and the plants are not being taken care of, it's something wrong with that person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, definitely. So with you adding plants to your offerings, one, did you always have plants? So I've always planned to have plants. Okay. Um, but I, you know, I just started mm-hmm. going, I just, like I said, I'm a perfectionist mm-hmm. and I'm different in like how I want to do things. And so I wanted to find the right nursery and, mm-hmm. you know, the right plants that would stand out opposed to like the different stores in the area that sell plants. So now I do have plants. I love that. So what would you say is the biggest lesson that you have learned as an entrepreneur? Oh my goodness. I mean, I'm sure it's yes. so many, <laughs> it but is. let's say it's like the one, like, okay, this the one. Nope. This set me up for this success. Set me up for uh-huh. success. <laughs> so the biggest lesson I learned is this, we talked about this, the sky's the limit, mm-hmm. right? I've, I can't tell you how many sleepless nights that I've had you know, crying and praying about the success and not becoming a failure for a second time for this business. Mm -hmm. Again, I know there was a purpose. There is a purpose for me being able to open this business Mm -hmm. to impact the community. And um, there used to be so many things that would come or opportunities that seemed so challenging to me, Mm -hmm. right? And it's like, I never forget one day I sat on an informational session Mm -hmm. for, you know, like some opportunities that the city was offering small businesses. And when I got off of that, I started crying so bad because it's like, it's no way. Like, it's too much, you know. Mm -hmm. But I overcame it. So I persevered. So I pushed through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was able to take advantage of the opportunity that was presented to me. So my biggest lesson is there is nothing in the books. There is nothing that's written down. There is nothing that says you cannot do these things. If it's written for you and it's um, to help you and mm-hmm. others in a positive way, then why wouldn't it be? 
you know, and there may be a monkey wrench thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Life has monkey Always wrenches gonna be all that. the time. Uh-huh. I used to tell my clients all the time when we were, you know, working towards doing something that was life changing for them mm-hmm. in a positive way, mm-hmm. expect it to be a monkey wrench thrown. You cannot go to the DMV. And you'll have the list of every single paper they tell you to have. And you're going to have the papers in your hand. Mm-hmm. But when you walk in there, they're going to turn you away. I don't care what you say. you get getting turned away. <laughs> you're getting turned away. But so, does that mean you can't get your license or you can't, you're not going to get your tags eventually? No. Right. Because you're going to go back and get what you right. need to have. And that's the same thing for me or anyone. Mm-hmm. There may be a monkey wrench, but it does not say you cannot do it. Nobody says you can't be a millionaire. Nobody says that you can't be a successful business owner. Mm-hmm. And that's that's been for me. All the milestones that I have passed, the sky has been the limit for me. I love that. So that's and, my biggest. <laughs> so what are some things that you use to help you maintain your success systems wise? Like, do you have favorite <clears throat> apps? programs. It's so much that goes into the back end of entrepreneurship. Mm -hmm. And I feel that often creatives may be more likely to not have those things lined up Uh, in the most. Still learning. Still learning. (laughs) Yeah. So what are some like tools, systems, things that you have benefited from um, for the back end of your business? I feel like some of the things that I've learned, like the QuickBooks, right? I love QuickBooks. I love, I'm, I'm still here. learning, me but too. I love QuickBooks. Me too. Um, and it's helped me, it has helped me for the things that I need to do financially, mm-hmm. right? Um, Someone made the perfect Look, I know your dad told you that you needed to you you couldn't use a calculator and you needed to do everything by hand. But God bless your dad. We moving forward <laughs> we moving to sisters, forward. And, uh, and I am. And you, it was a good um, question that you asked me that because I was on a panel one day mm-hmm. and someone asked me the same thing and I and I basically told them like. I had to learn financials. I had to learn my books. Like Mm -hmm. I had, those are the things on the back end that I did have to learn to be able to be where I am now because Mm -hmm. my father didn't teach me that. Right. I don't remember my, I remember my mom helping a lot with the administrative side of things, Mm -hmm. but I don't remember my dad doing like any financial anything. He didn't take her because it was cash only for him. Right. So (laughs) when I was explaining that on the panel, the young lady said, like, at some point in those early years, black people, you know, w- didn't trust banks. Mm-hmm. And they used to keep their money underneath of the mattresses. Mm-hmm. And so they didn't have a need to be able to, like, you know, deal with banks and loans and right. keep know the numbers and, numbers and, and running stuff reports. like that and running reports. And so I feel like I was a product of that where mm-hmm. he didn't show me or I didn't learn. So I had to relearn all of that again. I had mm-hmm. to learn about business taxes. I had to learn about when you write things off, mm-hmm. you know, all of those things are important. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I've seen a lot of businesses close down because, because of, of that. that. And yes. that's my mm-hmm. number one fear. So mm-hmm. I stay on top of it. Yeah. yeah. It's a or big, try to. yeah, it's a big deal, and I, you know, I've spoken to a lot of creatives over the span of this show, and that is a thing, you know. Creatives create. We paint and choreograph and write and style and make bouquets, and it's like. Wait, taxes? Yeah, taxes. And you're in the city, so you better have it right. Listen, it's a few people that I ain't trying to be on their bad side. And the IRS is one of them, and the D.C. Tax and Revenue Office is another. Yeah, I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. I don't want no smoke. None at all. 
real. Yeah, so. QuickBooks is a good one. And then for you, what is your relationship with social media for business purposes? So that's so good that you asked me that because, again, I'm still learning, right? Mm -hmm. I was a social media in terms of Instagram and a personal page, and that's pretty much it, right? Um, But then someone was like, okay, you have a business. You have to do more on social media. You have to upload more. You got to do lives. You got to do videos. And I wasn't really a video person. I don't even like how I look in the videos. No. (laughs) Um, But you know what really got me to engage more? was the love and support of the community and mm-hmm. my friends and family who support my business and what I do mm-hmm. is what motivated me to say, let me do a little bit more on Instagram, mm-hmm. right? So I, I post um, pictures of the flowers that I have and the vendors, and I get so much love um, that it's like, you know, I have to. And it's part of a bit. If you want to be successful, you have to be on social you media. Do. You have a choice. You cannot you be either quiet. hire somebody, you hire someone, you, or, or you do, do it. it yourself. And that was a thing too. Like I would see uh, other businesses who Instagrams look amazing mm-hmm. in terms of Super branding and, and everything yeah. is together. But for me, and this is my personal opinion. Um, being authentic is everything. Mm-hmm. And people engage in someone being more, not saying those other businesses are not. Right. But I'm just like, until I figure it out, until I get someone to run my page for me, I'm just going to be me. And I'm That's just going to be authentic. I um, want to see that. So. I want to see that over the branded, you know, and the logos and such. I want to see like, oh my gosh, Alexis is actually, she's a girl I would go, you know, get some Prosecco with at the mm-hmm. happy day to mm-hmm. the happy hour. So that's <laughs> yes. important because I think, you know, as a consumer, I want to spend my money. I'm being intentional about spending my money in places where there's some familiarity, right? Yes. So yes, it's like Black Girl Magic. Black Girl Magic. I want to support that, but it's like, oh, she. I had a good experience with her, That's so it. I don't mind investing over and over and sending people. I'm sending my mom. I'm sending my aunts. Mm-hmm. I'm sending everybody because of the experience that you gave me. And another thing I love about social media, it really shows how much we are connected. Because shout out to Swore, I saw Yay. her post something mm-hmm. with you, but then I also ran into you at we have a mutual friend and Angel, Angel at the yes. cookout. Shout so I'm out like, to Angel, okay, shout she's out my to mentor in my head. I tell her that all the time. <laughs> yeah, shout <laughs> out to friend. Angel yes. of the spice sweet. But I'm like, okay, we got Swore. I mean, it's like not really six degrees of separation. It's mm-hmm. like one point five or two, yes, maybe for sure. So that's what I love about social media as well. So one of my favorite questions to ask to kind of bring the show to a close is if you were to make a cocktail, for some of the guests, I say mocktail because they don't drink, but that's like lemonade. (laughs) All right now. So if you were to make a cocktail, right, and it was a success beverage, so the ingredients that you put in there would help anybody who had this beverage to be successful in their business, what would your entrepreneurial success cocktail be made out of? of, It would be made of smiles because a smile, you know, would go a long way. It would be made of hugs and being social because you have to be a social person, Mm -hmm. right? You have to connect. You know, you have to be pleasant, right? The experience, you have to throw, you know, making sure that the people who come and support you have a great experience Mm -hmm. and that when they leave out, that they're going to remember 
the experience that they had and they're going to want to come back, mm-hmm. right? You want to you want to be able to share the knowledge because you have people who one may aspire to be a business owner, right? right? Or have tried and have failed like me before and you know, you want to be resourceful, mm-hmm. right? I don't want to say I offer mentorship, but I try to be example mm-hmm. to others to be a great, you know, mentor or, you know, show people the right steps to take to have a successful business. And I'm a baby in the business too, right? So I'm still learning and I'm open-minded. So I would throw a little open-mindedness yes. in there. You got to be open-minded. You can't be closed-minded. You have to be able to receive information from others who have mm-hmm. been successful. Yeah. Um. So you have to have that as well. And I really feel like all of these things that make me me mm-hmm. or that make that cocktail was passed on through my father, yes. which made him such the person that he is. I love that. Well, you definitely give me some insight to what it was like to experience your father. So thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank and you. thank you for being vulnerable yeah. and open, you know, and just being who you are. I think it is very admirable. I used to, you know, personal moment, but I used to like have a little resentment when I saw people with like father-daughter relationships because mm-hmm. I didn't experience that, but it's moved from resentment to admiration. So I I get enthralled in these stories where they're like these super special bonds between like the father and the daughter. So I think that's beautiful that you had that experience and thank you for sharing your story with us today. thank you for having me. Share with us your social media handles, your website, and then any closing thoughts you want to share. Okay, so my website is www.flowersbyalexis.com and Alexis is spelled A-L-E-X-E with two E's. And my Instagram is Your Uptown Floors. Facebook is Flowers by Alexis. Okay. And so that's how they can find me. And again, just thank you so much. Um, shout out to SWORD, DC, um, all my uh, friends over at DC Government. Look, I have to put this out here. Put it out I there. I tell SWORD all the time. <laughs> we always crack up. I be like, the, all the wonderful individuals who work for the different entities in, you know, D.C., mm-hmm. like the African American Affairs, the mm-hmm. Women Policy, where I met. Those are my coworkers in my head. <laughs> Y'all my family. Those are my coworkers in my head. I just love the support. Well, look, I love it, D.C. So. Radio is brought to you by the District of Columbia <laughs> Government. So, so you just got some new coworkers <laughs> today. <laughs> so thank you so much for being here. I wish you so much success thank in you. the future. And we're going to do some things together that I'm so excited thank about. You. So much. Also, if you are a business owner and you are looking to share space, she does offer pop-up vending opportunities for free. for free. So go to her Instagram. Like she said, it's your Uptown Floors. Click the link and you can come and pop up and experience the Uptown Floors experience at Flowers by Alexis. And they have some great festivals and fairs over there so you can get some foot traffic. So holla at your girl. And thank you for being a guest. And thank you for listening to the District Creatives Radio Show. been listening to the district creatives radio show the place where dc creatives meet to discuss arts entertainment and the creative economy for more information visit dreamvisionreality.com